Good afternoon, everybody. My name is Katherine Rickmeyer, the host of Weld Recruiting's Women in Web3 podcast. Today, I'm joined by Masha Vazumskayam, um, the head of marketing and communications for Rarebill. Masha, thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So, Masha, we were talking uh, before we got started on this um, about your career before Web3. So if you'll give people a little background, what did you do before you entered into the blockchain space? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my career started in the entertainment scene. I used to work for companies like Gibson Brands for some music labels. So uh, I was doing public relations, events, communications. Um, in that industry, in that domain. Um, and like a lot of people, I did enter blockchain by accident, more or less, just by you know an acquaintance of my sister's boyfriend, ex-boyfriend actually. Um, and then like as like everybody says, went down the rabbit hole um, and that was in 2017. Awesome. And then, um, and now you're at Rarible, who you said was a client um, of yours when you and your sister had your uh, PR firm. And explain to those out there what Rarible does and offers. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, just a little backstory. You know, I was kind of, uh, I was working with my twin sister, and we were for two years just, you know, exploring the scene, educating ourselves. And then we started this um, PR studio catering for. We have three web three companies uh, where we saw the niche, and yeah, Rarible did come in in uh, summer 2020, which was really early on when the project I think had about like 2,000 followers uh, at all, just like very very spring of the NFT market. Uh, and Rarible originally started as an NFT marketplace, and it is how you know most people have heard about Rarible because they minted the first NFTs. Um, and I would say as a marketplace, we're really famous for, you know, like onboarding a lot of early users um, into NFTs, uh, into the market, you know, by kind of clean UX. Um, and like for this during almost three years, the market and our marketplace, of course, has evolved significantly. So right now we are an aggregator for NFTs across several different blockchains, including Ethereum, Polygon, Immutable X, uh, Solana. So aggregating liquidity from all of those blockchains. But at the same time, right now, we also move towards creating verticalized uh, community marketplaces. So working on tools, how communities and brands can create their own marketplaces Kind of just like a response to what's going on in the market right now um and yeah we have been working on that uh for the past almost a year right now and are these web 2 brands or web 3 vans are you uh brands are you guys helping um the web 2 brands enter that space or are you mostly working with web 3 brands right now build those communities yeah i would say uh both uh, so, like, we see a lot of potential for community marketplaces, and it's pretty early right now. But from Web3, where, you know, we created marketplaces for teams like Pixel Vault or the Generate Ape Academy. So, we have over 2,000 marketplaces created uh, so far, and some of them are being processed as white label. So, our team creates fully custom solutions 
for those clients. And then for uh, more traditional Web2 brands, we worked with McFarland, very popular um, toy brand. We worked with Fox and several uh, others and keep more coming. So we see it as, you know, as a solution. And, you know, that's the overall promise of creating your own marketplace that you can fully control, you know, its functionality, the fees, the like branded look. So it can just cater different categories of users. Um, and talk about the two products that you guys offer. So one of them is community marketplaces. Uh, so we have a builder, so which is like a self-serve tool where anyone, you know, owning a collection on Ethereum or Polygon can just come in, you know, click a few buttons and just create their own marketplace in a matter of several minutes. So this is like the self-serve builder tool. And then on community marketplaces front, we're also offering white labels when we're partnering with brands, some of those who I mentioned before, and we just, you know, build an entire marketplace from scratch for them. And what is the most difficult part about building a marketplace? Um, I would say uh, like technology and expertise and liquidity. Um, so I think for Ferrero Ball, uh, like what is really cool about our community marketplaces is that we aggregate orders from a lot of other marketplaces, you know, including Rare Ball, uh, including OpenSea, X2A2, and others. So when you you know you set up your own community marketplace, you're not just left with a blank you know space, but you already have you know orders to buy and sell, which makes it easier to just like bootstrap the liquidity. And you're on the marketing and communication side. Um, as a former staff reporter and TV news producer, I have a lot of respect for people um, in communications. What do you feel like um, is the most difficult part about marketing? Um, you know, I would say just in general, Web3 um, Web products and services. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And I would put it like in two buckets. Uh, I guess first, like difficulty, and also, you know, it's it's something that's like is really exciting about this phase, but it's also pretty challenging that everything goes, you know, community first. So you really have to be like there on the ground, talking to people, and you know, shaping your offerings in terms of you know both product and marketing, you know, by community requests. So it's kind of you know how I see more traditional marketing, it kind of goes, you know, from the top to the bottom and here it's vice versa. Like you're just really grassroots. everything grassroots, everything coming from the community and like you really have to nail organic channels. So it's not the case like in more, you know, traditional uh, web two marketing where, you know, a lot of attention goes to like growth marketing and, you know, paid acquisition channels. Like this is not the case. So a lot of emphasis is, you know, made on um, those community centric organic channels. And the second difficulty is that you always need to be, you know, you always need to know what's going on in the market. You always need to, you know, to be on Twitter, in the news, because, you know, if you miss something by several days, then you're like almost it's no longer relevant. Yes, exactly. 
And this is like, this makes the work really, really dynamic to say the least. I think that's the area of communications. Like, you know, we went into the 24 seven news cycle and then now we have all these independent outlets and you're expected, you know, it's difficult for well-equipped, uh, high resource mm-hmm. news outlets. But then when you're, you know, individual communities and you're really having to listen because typically, you know, a, uh, corporate like news outlet would have like hey this is our structure but you guys are having to real time track these events and mm-hmm. trends and then also um you know listen to the responses of your communities yeah exactly and you know it's it kind of goes you know from the market you know unlike stock market you know there are no weekends uh you know you just have to be on there twenty four seven, which is, which can be so pretty are you, intense. Are you honestly. seven days a week? Uh, I think I definitely was at first. You know, when we were just starting, and you know, like later when you know I grew um, the team and kind of learned to manage my own time better, and especially right now that we're in the bear market, it is a little bit easier. But you know, I definitely monitor. Uh, you know, what's going on on Twitter a lot. And let's talk about that bear market and the elephant in the room of FTX. Um, How did that adjust um, or change you guys' marketing uh, and communication strategies? Yeah, I would say that it didn't, you know, affect us directly as a company. But then, you know, of course, the overall level of, you know, like skepticism and, you know, crowd credibility just like significantly went, um, you know, went down. Uh, so I would say that, like, in, it applies to all NFT projects and, you know, communications and marketing is that. Um, I believe a lot of emphasis needs to be done on security and on making people feel, you know, comfortable with their assets, on educating people a lot. Um, And of course, we need really, you know, high quality curation of projects that, you know, teams are partnering up with. Um, So really just boost you know the narrative that there are you know a lot of really high quality builders and teams that are working in this space um so to me it all goes to the questions of like security reliability and credibility what do you think is the most trafficked channel for web3 users social media channel are we talking twitter are we talking like you know like discord like what's the most trafficked uh channel Active, uh, definitely Twitter. Yeah, it's still you know number one um, channel to be at. Uh, I think Discord was competing. With, well, not competing. I would say it has a bit like entirely different functionality. Yeah. But I would say I really see a lot of Discord fatigue right now. So because it can be really overwhelming with all of the you know different servers and channels that you have to keep up with. So. Twitter still holds the the palm. And what is your suggestion or advice to people? Because there's so many different people you should be following, so many different, uh, you know, cryptocurrencies to an NFT projects, um, and they're all, you know, real time changing. Do you do like tweet decks? What's the best way to stay, you know, informed mm-hmm. and up to date? Um, yeah, I would say pick maybe three to five. 
opinion leaders that you really enjoy the content of, like for instance, NFC Statistics is doing an amazing job and he has a daily show and proof covering uh, all the all the news, everything that happened in the last 24 hours. So to me, just, you know, having this curated selection of several people whose opinion I value and follow uh, really, you know, gives me an opportunity to just, you know, set notifications and have and receive everything um, in my feed instantly. Okay, now who would be your other two um, top um, non-influencers or I should say thought leaders to follow? Uh, that's a good question because honestly, there are a lot. Um, I have been really following uh, Carrie um, Riley with uh, Overpriced JPEGs. She has been doing amazing content. I think they just launched um, a newsletter, a pro, pro, like pro subscription newsletter for Overpriced JPEGs. Um, it's I really. Um, I really enjoy content by Jake Bruchman um, from CoinFund, which happens to be one of Verable's investors as well. But uh, he has an amazing insight in the, into the state of the industry, like Web3 as a whole. So that would be my three. But honestly, there are a lot, a lot more. And what do you feel like is the most popular kind of like sector of NFTs? Do you think it's more art? Do you think it's more utility? What do you guys see? Uh, right now, like a lot of activity, of course, goes to flipping um, NFTs, you know, like farming airdrops. So right now it all, you know, sits in the PFP segment. Um, but generally, I think there are a lot of movement, uh, movements towards, first of all, uh, like community building components. So, you know, kind of like a community loyalty programs, you know, something that we're seeing with Starbucks entering the scene. And there I see a lot of... Potential. I was so disappointed that I didn't get in on the Starbucks one. <laughs> I am a Starbucks fiend. Um, don't know if I should be proud of that or not. But when they were launching theirs, I was like, I want in. Yeah, and I think, you know, that's, that's exactly how it works. And I think, you know, right now we, we saw a lot of different brands, you know, kind of jumping on the NFC's bandwagon, you know, for since the industry started to boom. But right now, I feel like it's exactly the moment where, like, brands really start to get it, you know, how to make use of NFTs and how to connect, you know, their existing community, their existing audience and, you know, create something new appealing to the Web3 crowd. So this is definitely something that I'm excited about. And I think we will um, definitely see more of gaming NFTs. Um, and, you know, that's kind of was signaled by MattMask announcing partnership with Unity, for instance. So a lot of early signals are there. Yeah, it's interesting you bring up gaming. I actually have a guest next week, and she works for... Um, a gaming company she's our head of analytics and i didn't realize that um more than half of the world's population plays video games mm -hmm. um i'm not a gamer um but i did so i did not realize that and so thinking about you know whether you want to you know trade these you know power-ups or like you know items or resources in these games and realizing how massive that market is um, cause yeah. I was like, why would, you know, why did they start with gaming? And she was like, um, 
you know, massive the gaming market is. Um, So, uh, you know, I think that that uh, definitely is a trend um, for sure. And I think that audience is more apt to adapt Web3 technologies than other audiences. Yeah, I think we have seen, you know, some of the players like Ubisoft, for instance, entering the the scene with their NFT offerings and actually they face quite a lot of backlash from the mm-hmm. crowd but I think it just really needs to like it's really hard um, you know to just introduce the technology into existing games because it can I think a lot of people you have to build the game yeah. you can't like just you know put you know put a square peg in a round hole yeah, and just say, you know, here, you know, go buy this because everybody will just, you know, run around screaming, this is a cash grab. But yeah. I think if somebody builds, you know, a level of a game, you know, level of production of like Nintendo, what they offer, for instance, with already built in mechanics, then I think that would be the point point where the whole thing just flies. So I do believe yeah, that. Yeah, I think. I think it's really, like I said, I'm really excited to talk um, to Alex Benya um, with Stardust soon. Um, and that's what their platform does, is um, allows people to create Web3 video games. She made, she when I was talking to her on the phone, she made the same point of you have to go ahead and create that. And she's like, these are going to have to be highly, you know, produced, um, experiential um, games. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so now let me let's talk about more you personally um, and getting into the Web three space, um, not just like NFTs, but what do you are you a crypto investor? Are you an investor in crypto? What like what's what else outside of NFTs um, intrigues you most about Web three? Yeah, that's a great question, um, and I, I would say that I'm like an exper- experimentator, so to say. So, um, like, I like to, you know, get some tokens on hold, you know, of the projects that I really enjoy or just, like, toy around a little bit, you know, with uh, um, with new projects in the ecosystem, like some of L2s. So I think generally I'm really excited about the offering and the promise of the Web3 scene um, just how that, you know, is an alternative to the existing financial system. And if you look at Web3 broadly, it's kind of like a great online game that, well, generally, you know, everybody's on, on the internet, we're playing this great online game, you know, you do, I do. And so, you know, how all the Web3 DeFi, you know, is kind of the money for this great online game and how there's a really great piece by Packy McCormick in his newsletter, Not Boring, that I highly recommend reading. And, you know, how NFTs are just like the vehicles for ownership, vehicles for value also in that uh, kind of essentially gaming space because it's a digital alternative of you know, the reality that we're living in. So I think for me, it's very, you know, like it's something really futuristic that is already here. And like that just creates this different levels of depth uh, to what can be done uh, on the internet. 
Well, thank you so much for joining us. And again, this is Masha Vazimskayam with Rarible. She's their head of marketing and communications. And thank you so much, Masha, for taking the time to give a little insight into Rarible um, as well as your uh, passion for Web3. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Catherine.